You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, God's peace and happy new year to all of you. Uh, What a blessing to be with uh, the whole church at 10 o'clock. It's like a little family reunion. I I say little, I know if we were all numbered across four services, we would perhaps be a little larger. I'm so delighted to see you, uh, and I'm uh, thankful you're here to worship with us. Perhaps you come this morning, whether you're a member here or not, and you come with that same feeling that each one of us feel uh, every January 1st. Now, it's an arbitrary transition, undoubtedly, because there's no difference between December 31st and January 1st, and yet um, we have this artificial need to change. New year, new me. That's often the feeling. If you've been around this globe uh, spending as many years as uh, some of you have been, I know that you know that that's a false hope, and yet for some reason there's a belief that perhaps this year will be different. I'm always trying to lose that same 5 to 15 pounds. I mean, every January 1st, I keep thinking, what habits can I change uh, to keep the weight off? And even this morning, as I was reflecting on that, there was a bag of uh, pecan brittle staring me down. And I didn't have one piece. I didn't have two pieces. I ate the whole thing. Uh, So much for my New Year's resolution. But there is sort of a false hope that uh, if I just change my behavior, perhaps change my mindset you know, gather and organize my day in such a way, my life will actually improve this year. And each one of us, uh, whether we want to recognize it or not, whether it's January 1st or July 30th, uh, there's always a belief that I'm in control, that I'm the agent of change, and ultimately when I will it and decide it, it will occur. Well, this morning, uh, we're surrounded still by Christmas um, decorations and garb, and it's a continual reminder that Uh, Our hope is not in the secular calendar, neither good nor bad, uh, but our hope is in what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. When we come today, we gather uh, to hear this name, to proclaim the name of Jesus, uh, to receive it, to believe it, to hear it, to share it, to celebrate it. So in the face of that, we have this juxtaposition, right, of what we know as Christians we're supposed to do and what we're called to do, and then implicitly as humans, this undying belief that I am the agent of change. Now, a few years ago, I took up the game of golf, and I'm eternally a bogey uh, golfer no matter what I do. My first year, I mean, you know, my strokes improved a little bit, but really over time, I'm, I'm eternally a 90 shooter. And golf's a great teacher, and it could be your hobby, uh, or it could be something else, but we all have hobbies but golf is one of those games where it just it tells you, you know, despite what you believe about yourself, it's not true. It's not true. Because I can hit a 300-yard drive right down the middle of the fairway, and I can promise you the next shot will be a flubbed chip, no matter what. As things uh, in our lives are going well and we're balanced, uh, eventually the next shot comes, and it all falls apart. And this is the truth with New Year's, is it not? Uh, by January, say, 25th, or maybe February 2nd, uh, those hopes and dreams quickly wane away, if we're being honest. Now, this sermon is for the honest, for those of you who are taking an inventory. If you still believe you're in control, you won't hear a word of what God might be saying to you this morning. But the truth is, we're not in control, and the next shot always comes, and we do indeed flub the chip. We do indeed miss the two-foot putt. Uh, We do indeed uh, do the things we ought not to do. 
having all the knowledge, all the plan before us, all the prescribed, organized, balanced plans of our lives before us, and yet we still fall apart. It's a great parable of how things actually are, because as perhaps your waistline is under control, your eating habits, your financial life, all of that may be fine and good, but then uh, your family falls apart. Or maybe your family life's going really, really well, but your finances are not really in check. Life uh, is a balance, and none of us are particularly good at juggling or balancing. And so that truth that we uh, are not in control is held out before us today because we, we celebrate and we worship a Savior who has come and called himself by name, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. And that seems trite and easy to say. We know that's the point. But what does Jesus actually mean? Here we have it in verse 21 of Luke's gospel this morning, chapter 2. And at the end of the eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now, the name was given. Uh, Mary and Joseph didn't have the bright idea. They didn't have the New Year's resolution that we're going to give birth to the Son of God. This was revealed to them. It was given. And the name given Jesus uh, literally means the Lord saves, or more specifically, uh, Yahweh saves. But for our intents and purposes, I'm going to say the Lord saves. The Lord saves. Not the Lord is disappointed in you, while that may or may not be true. Not the Lord comes to judge, while that may or may not be true. The Lord condemns, while that may or may not be true. The Lord wags his finger. The Lord challenges. The Lord is uh, utterly disgraced. No, the Lord saves. This is the name by which God has chosen to reveal himself. The Lord saves. And see, you and I are, are thrust into a new reality. Yes, it's a new year, again, arbitrary in one sense, but you and I live in a new reality where God has sent his only begotten son, not to chastise, not to rebuke, not to condemn, but to save. And so you and I are thrust into this new reality where indeed our salvation has come and is coming. And so this morning, perhaps you're still under the delusion that things might change. If you just put a little more effort in, if you organize your day a little better, maybe, maybe things will get better. But the truth and the good news of the gospel this morning is no effort on our own is sufficient. This is indeed why Jesus has come in the first place. And he didn't come in the way that you or I would have expected. The sign given to the shepherds was they would see a child lying in the manger wrapped in swaddling cloths. That's the sign. That's the great sign that salvation has come. This is a mystery that you and I cannot fathom, that God would humble himself to be born in this manner and to call himself in this way. And yet this is the God to which we have access, the only God to which we have any access, the one who calls himself Jesus. And you and I being baptized in this name, baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we have that name upon us eternally. Not because we resolved to receive it, but because God deigned to reveal it. And his spirit moved us to believe it. So this name has been placed upon you. This name has been placed upon you, and you can't take it back. This is the beauty, too. If you look back into our passage from Numbers, God talks about his name here, too. At the end of the verse of 27, he says, So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. In other words, through this name, this revealed name of God, this identity of God, the one who saves, that's the manner in which he will bless us. Not our ability to toe the line, not our ability to be perfect, far be it from me, Lord, but because he put his name upon us. 
Again, this recalibrates all that we think about ourselves that I'm not in charge. I'm not the agent of change. It's God himself who does all the heavy lifting and does any of the lifting. And so looking at this verse, uh, this passage from Numbers, we see that point given to us that God does all the work. All the verbs in this blessing that you hear uh, when we bless the children here at the Advent and otherwise, it's God who blesses. It's God who keeps. It's God who makes his face shine. It's God who is gracious. It's God who lifts up his countenance and it's God who gives us his peace. Now this is good news for you and for me because I have not earned any of this. It's been given to me and I simply can't lose it either. And this is good news not just for those who've never heard it but for those of us who've heard it our whole entire life. Because oftentimes we're under the impression that okay, once I've been saved and once I've received the good news, now I've got to get my act together. And while that may feel true, the truth is none of this is contingent on my behavior. And as that truth is finally revealed, that we are finally at peace with God, not because of ourselves, but because of his good will, because of his son, Jesus Christ, then it actually inspires us, maybe, just maybe, perhaps, to live the life that he has called us into. God does all the heavy lifting in your life. And when January 25th rolls around, or February 4th, or August 15th, or December 31st of next year, and you think, gosh, nothing has changed. I challenge you to recalibrate and think, what has changed? Well, maybe you're 15 pounds heavier. (laughs) Maybe your bank account's a little more empty. But everything in this instant has changed. God has created you anew by his son, Jesus Christ. All things are made new because of his name. And it's because of this name, as St. Paul tells us, the name to which every knee shall bow and every tongue confess, that you indeed have been saved. And so we change uh, not just our perspective on who's in charge, but what it means to actually be at peace with God. Is peace with God health and wealth and prosperity? No. Peace with God is the assurance the knowledge and the assurance that all is well and all shall be well because of Jesus Christ, and that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins when we call out to him, and we are finally at peace with God. And so we've recalibrated what it means to be successful, what it means to be happy, and our disappointments wane away when we realize all has been given to us in this name. And so this morning on January 1st, you're here, or perhaps you're afar listening on the internet or on the podcast. I proclaim to you that you indeed are blessed. You indeed are kept secure by the name of Jesus. He's made his face to shine upon you. He hides it no more. It's in plain sight. This one who's been revealed in the manger and on the cross. And he has been and is being and will be gracious unto you. He's lifted up his countenance upon you and indeed has given you his peace. Irrespective of your effort, irrespective of what you've done in the past or what you plan and resolve to do in the future, irrespective of when those plans fall apart, all of this is enacted because of the strong name of Jesus to which we proclaim and we share and we celebrate. And here in a few moments, we'll all gather and sing his praises at his table as he gives himself to us, the peace that the world cannot give but is fully enacted because of him. And for this, we give tremendous and profound thanks, not just this January 1st, but forevermore. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, it is by your name indeed that we have been and are being and will be saved. You're our only hope. 
Lord, this new year, may you recalibrate what it means for us to be happy, not disappointed, but to be saved because of what you've done and what you're doing by your son. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.